Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Tuesday, September the 7th. This is episode number 115. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. How are things going, Jeff? They're going well, Rod. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, short week after the holiday, so, uh, and, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of good things going on today. National Beer Lovers Day, and of course, it's, 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 I know we can get hung up on the, you know, what day of the week Sunday is and all that stuff, but it's it's game week. Right. So, well, so this is we this go. is a Tuesday that feels like a Monday. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, things things are great, and to make them even better, we have all the way from down under in Australia, we have David Evan Smith joining us. David, how are things going? Good morning, g'day, and thanks for having me back. Yeah, well, mate, doing really well, thanks. Yeah, given the lockdown and everything that's going on here in Melbourne, but yeah, overall, doing well. And yeah, you've been uh, this weekend. You've been through a lot of stuff since we last talked, and I was looking. It's it's been like a year since we've talked, so I kind of feel bad. Um, uh, please don't. <laughs> it's mate. been a long it's time. It's it's been a long time between brews. And again, I think the last time we did that fantastic beer podcast that was broken up over three, three sort of uh, conversations you had with um, uh, our good friend Lynn, and uh, there was a chap from Miami, I think, from memory. Um, but yeah, no, a lot has happened, and COVID has been uh, the main cause of it. Yeah, and you've uh, you were telling me that you, that you moved and um, mm-hmm. you're having your house uh, refurbished, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we are. We're getting it renovated. I think um, last year when we spoke, my little daughter was just about one. She's now just about two and causing chaos and mayhem. And we've run out of bedroom, so we need to build a bedroom for her. Um, But we have quite strict rules. We've got a five-kilometre radius that we're not allowed to travel. So we had to rent close as we could to keep an eye on the builders and all that sort of stuff. and luckily, we were able to find one just around the corner from the kids' school, which is a, sort of the heartland of all where all their friends live. So with their uh, two hours a day of exercise, they can all catch up and go for a run around the park or something. But, yeah, no, it's been um, been quite uh, restrictive on, on what we're allowed to do over the last 12 months. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, let's see, we're, we're, going, we're going to talk about what we're drinking, but everybody needs to know we're, we're recording this at 8 p.m. Ohio time, which is 10 a.m. Uh, David's time in Australia. So, so Jeff and I are drinking something with some alcohol in it, and, and David is not, um, but much uh, understandably so. Uh, yes, most of us would not be. <laughs> yeah, he's being responsible. So this is the reason. So, uh, so David, why don't you tell us about what, what you're drinking, anyways? Because you showed us in your mug, and that was pretty darn cool. So um, I don't want to skip you in this segment. No, mate. No, I appreciate it. No, I'm 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 drinking a uh, a, a uh, essentially a cappuccino because it's just finishing breakfast. So cappuccino being the breakfast coffee. Um, it's a, a triple shot. Uh, uh, ground from beans that I've I've purchased uh, on my own machine, and out of the uh, wonderful Victory Monday mug that uh, I had uh, Mick 
from um, Sydney, the Sydney chapter of the uh, uh, Browns uh, supporter group here in Australia. Um, a lot of people know him uh, from Twitter as well, uh, yeah. at Down Under. Um, I've got to get his um, at right, otherwise he'll, he'll slap me. Browns <laughs> Down Under. Yeah. Uh, Browns fans down under. That's uh, that's Mick. He designed it, and it's got Brownie the Elf with Victory Monday with the the beautiful uh, brown and orange striping. On the back, it has last season's hashtag of the Browns with the um, Browns logo, uh, the the um, brown yellow, uh, brown orange and white stripe, and then our hashtag for us down here in uh, hashtag uh, Dogs Down Under D A W G S Down Under. So that's my uh, my coffee for this morning. Uh, envying your beers. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. You're drinking it in style, definitely. So, uh, so Jeff, uh, what are you drinking tonight? Well, when you were up here a couple of weeks ago, um, we picked up a, a six-pack of um, Yangling Oktoberfest, and I had one of those left in the fridge, so I thought I'd finish that up tonight so I wouldn't have any more Yinzer beers before the start of the season um yeah so you left me one so i'm i'm having it tonight yeah i left you on yeah <laughs> i didn't yeah, think the, it was the, a bad the, the one. it's house it's house rules here in australia too when you take beers you've got to leave at least one for the uh <laughs> for, the, for the homeowner well i bought them david so <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So, Rod, you should. Yeah, not sure how that works. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. You left one for yourself. <laughs> well, well, Jeff's Jeff's wife Jan said that she was gonna buy buy some beer, so she bought some some. Um, well, she bought the Oktoberfest, and I think we had some of those, and then she went out and she got some Yingling Black and Tan. After Ooh. that. Yeah, so, I got a couple of those left also. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, I, I would have brought some beer, but she had already offered to go to go get something. So I thought it was would be in poor taste to to bring beer when somebody says they're gonna get beer for you. So, right. um, you know, but I, I thought the Oktoberfest was was decent. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, it's it's a good sipping beer for an occasion like this. Again, I'm not you know I'm not gonna drink this kind of beer all day, but yeah, it's all right. Yeah. So it's a it's a pilsner style, is it? It's a lighter sort of pilsner style. Uh, I I didn't think it was that heavy, but it's... they they call it a a, a classic Marzen style. Marzen. I'm not sure what that means. Marzen is a beer. Yeah, Marzen is well, obviously everything Oktoberfest is going to be German, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what differentiates a Marzen. So, um, yeah. and all the beer experts out there are yelling at us. So, um, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll hear from somebody when this launches, guys. As far as right. what a Marzen is, so um, yeah. yeah, I do not know that off the top of my head without looking it up. So, I've, I've cheated. I looked it up quickly. It's a traditional beer that's served in Munich uh, during Oktoberfest. So that probably explains the name of it. There you go. Ah, so I'll like Oktoberfest or Marzens. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Excellent, guys. I'm drinking a, a Duclaw Sweet Baby Jesus a chocolate peanut butter porter, 6.2% alcohol. 
it's just one of my favorite beers and luckily i've got a few of these left out there in the fridge that i'm trying to clear out and um i, th- I thought i thought this uh this week deserved a special beer so i picked out something i really really enjoy and this you know this would probably be heavy for jeff just because um and that, you know i'm not talking about your ability to drink or anything i'm just talking about your your palate and what you're used to drinking as far as beer because of being a porter but i think it's got a great flavor and and uh you know I, i've had a lot of different peanut butter beers and there are some of them out there that are really really good um but i don't know if there's one that's better than this the, this one is to, it's right would, out there i would love to be able to send you the one that i have here uh it's from one of our local brewers called the bad shepherd they do a peanut butter stout and the story on the can i can't remember if i told you about this or not last time we chatted uh rod but it's based off the flavour um, profile of a Buckeye, the candy. So, oh, okay. So the guys, the, the, somewhere through there, there's an Ohio and, um, brewer who works or has worked at the brewery, and he made this stout, and it's about the same. It's about 6.2, 6.4, somewhere around there. Um, mm-hmm. And it's got that lovely um, chocolatey, nutty creaminess to it with the nice heavy stout which i love i love my guinness and 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 those sorts of and porters as well and i've actually got some in the shed um just to shame those whole international transportation of alcohol laws get in the way of me sending stuff <laughs> yeah yeah kind of messes things up <laughs> damn it <laughs> yeah this this brewery is really good and i these guys are in baltimore maryland so um you know but i, I don't hold it against them that Duclaw is an excellent brewery. I've had some of their other beers, and they just they do a really nice job. So um, definitely one of my favorites, guys. And with that, let let's talk some Browns. So uh, Browns Browns play play KC. Uh, you know, obviously everybody knows it's in Kansas City, so it is a. Um, I wrote it down four. What is it? Four. Four forty five. 425 kickoff. 425. Oh. I've got too many notes. I can't. I can't even find anything. I usually don't <laughs> write anything down for these podcasts, and I wrote down some thoughts here, and I got too many words on a piece of paper in front of me. So yeah. Um, so and and Jeff, you gave me the uh, the line. I, I've seen different numbers. So Browns are a, are an underdog, obviously, as as you would think they would be going against the defending AFC champs. You know, on the road. Um, what was the line that you saw? Because I think I've seen anywhere five point five and a half to six and a half. Yeah, I saw six and a half, and then later in the day I saw six, um, and then around fifty-two, fifty-two and a half on the over/under. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, with the with the home field advantage, Browns are still a you know, two three point underdog, and fifty-two and a half. Um, I don't know. That that's probably about what I would expect for the over under. I don't think first week of the season you would expect them to set an over under, you know, a whole lot higher than that. So um Right. It's kind of surprising to me because these are two really offensively driven teams that you know that like to score a lot. Um so I would I would have thought it would have been a little bit higher, but it is early. Yeah, yeah. So 
I mean, it, it's it's kind of early. I don't want I don't want to give out any score predictions or anything. But but Jeff, if you were if you were to, to bet the over under, would you would you take the over then? I think I would. Yeah. Okay. And David, what do you think? You think this is going to be a high scoring game, a lower scoring game? What What are your thoughts? Well, it's funny you should say that. We the the group, the Browns backers here in Melbourne, and a couple of the guys from interstate have been chatting about this over the last few days and there's some boys that are very very buoyed by uh the things that andrew berry and stefanski and paul paul depot have done this off season so they're right up and about and they've um been predicting things like 28 21 in favor of us 31 24 31 21 so they're at that 52 point uh margin there uh-huh. There's obviously your uh, your one loose cannon who has gone out and said Browns 42, KC 20, and we're all like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it could happen, but it would be because some really weird stuff happened in the game. You know, that that's, Correct. That, that it would just be something unusual. You know, some I, I, turnovers, I kickoff that. return for a touchdown, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. A, a, a wayward snap like we saw in the Pittsburgh game or something like that to really unsettle that that side of the ball. But, um, yeah, no, I've got it uh, 24-27, um, probably to KC. So what's that? That's 40-51. Uh, so I reckon that's probably why they've done it. You're right. It's early in the season. They're not going to stick their neck out. And so, you know, the over-under, it's 55, 60 points. I think 52 is probably not a bad a bad guesstimate as we're going. Um, would, I'd probably take the under, to be honest, because I don't know what the weather's going to be like. All you need is one of those weird cold snaps to come through, although you guys have been having the torrential rain on one side and fires on the other. So I, I, I have great sympathy and empathy for your uh, fellow countrymen and women that have gone through it hard over the last couple of weeks also. So, yeah, I, I think probably I'd probably take the under, to be honest. Yeah, I haven't looked at the, the forecast yet. I assume it's going to be nice. I mean, it, it's been pretty nice here, you know, uh, the last several days and I think into, you know, over, over the next few days. So I'm assuming it's going to be decent weather for the game. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, rain or or uh, if it happens to get cold, it, yeah, it could change it. But I got to tell you, if I was going to bet on the over-under, I probably wouldn't bet because I have a feeling it's going to squeak under, but I sure wouldn't bet much money on it because I think it's a pretty good line right yeah. there, like, like you were saying, David. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I think this, the, the total is going to be pretty close to, to low 50s. Um, but we'll see. Uh, you never know. These two teams could just go off and score a ton of points too. Yeah, yeah, like uh, what was it, the um, 2016 uh, Rams-KC game? What was it, 52-54 or whatever it was? (laughs) Yeah. That just absolutely... And and David and I took the under, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know what, like you said, David. Go ahead, David. I just checked the weather forecast for Kansas City for Sunday, and it's going to be 90 and sunny. Oh, okay. All right. 90 um, Fahrenheit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not Celsius. Yeah, yeah, yeah not, not Celsius. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I have to that, – that means I have to put my uh, my hat on. So what's that? Uh, right. It's about 30 degrees Celsius for me, roughly, 30, 32. Yeah. 
degrees okay. Celsius. That's, that's 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 a little steamy. That is warm. Yes, yes. That, hot, is, yeah. that is definitely beer drinking weather. Um, <laughs> probably more of your Oktoberfest style than your peanut butter porter, though. You need a oh, lighter, yeah. crisper one, ice cold. Uh, right. By the pool. <laughs> um, I'm sure. I'm sure. Lynn's uh, fist pumping that one by the pool with an ice cold beer in 90 degree right. weather. <laughs> I can oh, see yeah. it now. <laughs> Should we go, boys? Yes. <laughs> uh, no, all right. In that case, I reckon. Uh, yeah, blow the doors off. It's going to be uh, over. Take the over now. I don't know who's going to blow this. Yeah, to your conviction. I don't know. I, I, I'm still going to stick with the under, but I, I think it'll be real close to the 52 and a half. And I, I may wind up looking real silly, but um, nobody's going to go back and remember I said that anyway. So No, and, and you're not going to look silly because you haven't <laughs> lost any money, mate. So it doesn't matter. It's that's right. Different. I'm not putting any real money on it. No, that's it. I wouldn't bet any money on the under. That's for sure, guys. No. So the, the Browns... Uh, yeah, for all the all the issues, and I'm not gonna wood all the all the injury issues. Everybody except Michael Dunn is practicing right now. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't hear anything um, about anybody, you know, having any issues today. So I know at the beginning of the day, everybody was practicing except Michael Dunn, who was still doing some stuff. So um, I think his future's kind of uncertain as to when he's going to come back but it sure seems like uh like like they think he's going to be available at some point with with what they're doing with him um the uh he did come in so that, with that, that back injury didn't he in the last sort of the last week before practice game three or did he did he flare it up in practice game three i can't remember but i remember them talking soon thereafter he was possibly going to go on IR anyway, but the obviously the one they wanted to hang on to was Phillips to get him onto the IR for so he could come mm-hmm. back as opposed to everyone else that they've kind of been happy to. You know, well, they 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 really haven't said anything about Don, so um, I'm guessing that that IR is not the route they're going to go, or they or they would have gone that way already. Yeah, yeah, possibly unless there's somebody that they don't like or haven't. Sorry, not they don't like somebody that doesn't fit the smart, tough and accountable uh, mould on the O-line to put him on IR, if you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. they, they, can't find, they can't find anyone maybe on the waiver wires who's up for trade or anything like that that fits what they're doing um, and the way they want to do things. And maybe even the way Coach Callahan likes or dislikes somebody could play into it. And maybe they're just going to wait and see. I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm like you. I'm trying to read the tea leaves or in my case, the coffee grounds. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> It, it, well, there's not a straight line, is there? No, and there were some guys, um, uh, and uh, Chad P was one of them that were were uh, going back and forth on. Well, are they are they planning on carrying um, Michael Dunn until week three, and then putting him on IR and activating Davion Davis at that point? Um, you yeah. know, which which almost makes sense because then it, if if they're thinking IR for Michael Dunn and somebody else becomes available that they like more than Davion Davis or, or fills another spot, then, then they, then they have a move that they can make. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think Dunn is kind of holding that spot right now for whoever they need, depending on what happens in the first couple of games. But he's also good. I mean, this, this well, is yeah. this, and I've heard I've heard you guys talking about it, uh, and and Rod, I've heard you on on the other pods that you, you've been doing talking about it. This is we're kind of all looking at one another, going, "What? You mean you mean we're not scraping the bottom of the barrel and asking a bloke to play wide receiver one the day after he's cut from KC 49ers, Seattle Seahawks? You know what I mean? We're actually going. We can actually <laughs> breathe." We've got our chess pieces. Let's be smart about this. Let's not go, you know, put all our chips in the middle of the table on week one. Let's do what we're doing. And we're kind of a little bit bamboozled by it because I know you and I have not experienced this since the late uh, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's refreshing. It's wonderful. I, I keep saying to come to some of the guys on, on, on both on Twitter and, and, and uh, our private chats, Guys, just chill. It'll be okay. We're actually in a really good spot. You know, let's roll with it. Let's see what happens. If we lose week one, unless we get blown out 100 zip, it ain't that bad. You know, we we need to take these these losses. And I'm not saying they are going to lose because I have got a – that sort of strange feeling in the waters uh, that that (laughs) we might actually upset them. But, you know, if if we go out there, and we show what we've shown in the last six or seven weeks of last year and even a little bit more spit and polish on it because they've had the time this year to do that and we lose by the three points, you go, hey, all right, roll on to week two. Let's take a W. You know what I mean? Like it's, I'm feeling very pragmatic and optimistic about it all, which is unlike me. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with you, David. And, you know, I hate to bring up this game, but, Going back to last season, I'm pretty sure the Browns did lose 100 to nothing in the first game, and things still were close to that. Yeah, it was was pretty close to that. Exactly. (laughs) It still worked out fine. It did. And there's an extra game this season. Correct. uh, Yeah, you know, I I, I think we all feel like the Browns have a shot in this Kansas City game. Uh, But without being um, arrogant and, and foolish about it, it's a case of, like you said earlier, if they play smart, tough, accountable football and they get those little breaks and maybe, just maybe, those those individuals in the black and white costumes <laughs> play, it, play it evenly and fairly, which we all know have, has not always been um, a forte of ours. We have had right. the rub of the green has not gone our way often. Um, right. If they play it fairly, we might just actually go toe to toe and do do and really get the national media going. What you know, which is what I'd like to see. Yeah, and the, and the good thing is, which I mean, we've talked about before, but the Browns are, are underdogs on the road going against the team who went to the Super Bowl. They're not really expected to win this game. Absolutely. You know, other than by a few Browns fans. Um, you know, people aren't expecting them to, to, to aren't looking at this game as a must win or, or a game that, oh, man, if they don't win this game, you know, the season's over or whatever. It, it's not like that. So so they can hopefully can go in there and play loose and, and play well and whatever happens, happens. You know, it, it's really on KC, you know, for, for this yes. to be a big game for them because they're playing 
a tough team week one, and and Mahomes is already put out there. He wants to go twenty and zero and all this stuff. Yeah. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah, I think there's more pressure on KC than there is on the Browns. Well, you're right, yeah. and they are, they are the current AFC championships back to back. They've been to two Super Bowls. They've won one. Um, Patrick Mahomes is starting to get a bit of swagger about him and a bit of a mouth on him. That's okay. Let him go. They owe him a heap of money. We've played our yeah. cards very cautiously without hurting ourselves both financially and disrespecting our players. They want to come and play with us now. You heard um, John Johnson. He took a little bit less for the potential to gain more. We have not heard that since, like I said before, since the late 80s to, to mid-90s. Where, you know, we were picking up blokes that... that um, the linebacker from New England who went back there, you know, he traumatised me so much I've forgotten his name in the last last five years, took a big <laughs> contract and did nothing. Or, you know, I can't say he didn't, do, he didn't do nothing. He didn't do as advertised, perhaps, is probably a better way of putting it. But now we've got guys who are not coming in with huge price tags, who are not coming in with um, retirement plans. This is my superannuation pay packet. They're coming in going, oh, Let's shake the north. Let's see what we can do. Let me be me and help this team. Let this team help me. It's a beautiful thing. And they're better players than we've had before, too. Way better players. <laughs> they just are. Or maybe that has some, a little something to do with the coaching staff. Absolutely. But, but definitely. And front office. Yeah. Yeah. So shifting over to, to KC, guys. So... Um, so Jeff, we were talking about the honey badger um, with us with the COVID concerns. I don't know if we really know what's going to happen there or not. Uh, whether he's no, it's a day to day thing. Play. Uh, I guess I guess he has to uh, be symptom free and then pass tests on back to back days to be activated. So, you know, that could still happen. Um, but from what I heard. Um, he was experiencing some symptoms. So, you know, it could be like Miles had, or it could be, you know, much milder. Um, we don't know yet. But if he's not playing, yeah, if he's not playing, that definitely helps our offense. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. The other thing is, I think, you know, you guys were talking a little bit about um, the KC offense. Um, you know, they're going to, it looks like they're going to start three rookies on their offensive yes. line. Um, yeah, on the 1st of September, Kyle Long was put on the reserve pop list. Yeah. So they, right now, they don't know what to expect from our defensive line, much less our, our defense as a whole. Um, I mean, based on what we've seen thus far in, in camp and, and what some of these guys are capable of, um, going up against three rookies on the right side of their offensive line, it could be real interesting to see, you know, how Casey handles that. And, you know, if, if we're able to put some pressure on Mahomes, you saw what that did to him in the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. So, it, it, yeah, it, it, you know, it could be, um, like you said, the, the Browns playing loose. Um, you know, the expectations are all on KC. It, it could be a tough day for them if, if things go that way. Oh, absolutely. I, I can already already see it now. That that right side, if that 
is the weak point. That's not where you attack. You attack the the left side and you double up Clowney and Miles on that left side and let the boys on the right side have a feast because if they can control that that left side and keep them occupied, that means he can't roll out to his left. And we know from the Super Bowl and from the playoff games, do not blitz him because he'll use his legs and those sidearm sidewinder passes. If you can just hold that line in position and, and essentially slowly but methodically collapse that pocket, as we saw Tampa Bay do to him, mm-hmm. he's in a world of hurt. Yeah. I don't know yeah. your thoughts about that, guys, but that was my thought is... No, I agree. Don't attack the weak side because you know it's weak because they're already going to probably stack Kelsey on that side as an extra blocker, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So attack the strong side with your strongest players and then let the Maliks have a field day. And then, uh-huh. as they get tired, then as they get tired, break it up, spin it around, confuse them, stunt them, um, rip and swim them on the inside, you know, cut around the outside. I mean, Miles has got those ankles that are so flexible, he almost gets you know, perpendicular to the ground, um, you know, let him, let him feast later on in the game. Just All I thought. can say is that if Travis Kelsey has to stay in and block on, on over half the <laughs> plays, oh, my gosh, really I'm going to be thrilled there. to death because <laughs> right. <laughs> think of how tight ends have just destroyed the Cleveland Browns over the past few seasons. Absolutely. Guys, and Travis Kelsey's the best tight end there is in the league. Okay. Look, I won't be happy for my fantasy team because I drafted him on the weekend, but well, I, I mean, yeah. Me. Well, he'll, he'll still probably get you seven catches for eighty yards, even if even if he's in blocking for half the game. Yeah, let's hope it's between right. the twenties and not in the end zone. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it, if he has to block, it's going to help the Browns so much. Uh, I did. You you brought up uh, the Malik's and Malik McDowell. He's obviously looked so great, uh, you know, in in his limited action in preseason. I'm still seeing Andrew Billings listed as a starter. Yeah, but Billings over Malik. Um, what, what do you guys? Ex- do you, do you, how, what do you expect there, David? I I expect Billings to be traded before the um, before the trade deadline. Honestly, I do. He, he. I, I've listened to a number of different podcasts. Obviously, you know, being in lockdown, I have time, and I'm on annual leave. Um, and everyone seems to be saying the same thing. And I don't think necessarily they're singing in unison. Just because I've watched some of the game tape, I've watched what what Chad's put up, I've watched um, the games, you know, sort of in semi slow mo, and he hasn't looked great. He hasn't looked powerful like the Maliks, and I call them the Maliks because boy, I love them. They just, they just. <laughs> There's the guys you want out there. Absolutely, he got. I mean, Billings got rolled over on. He got almost picked up and moved, whereas Malik picked the bloke up and drove him seven yards back into the pocket, and then went went to the. I felt like it was that that meme that's going around at the moment. He Malik picks up the center, drives him back seven yards, and then goes ding dong, hello. <laughs> you, know, like, <laughs> you know, I'm about to pull your arm off because I'm not allowed to hit you in the head because that's okay. That's the new rules. That's the new game. <laughs> but yeah, he's um, yeah, I, I, I'm not that. I'm not. I was excited when we got him because I'd seen what he'd done previously in uh-huh. Cincy, and he's a big man, 
and he's and he was strong. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he needs a bit of game practice. That's why I'm happy to give him a couple of games to see. I don't know about what about you, Jeff? What are your, your thoughts, mate? Well, yeah, we've we've beat up Andrew. He's pretty good on this program already. I know. Um, that's why. That's why. You I was... know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's not looked good. You're, I think you're being kind, David. Um, but you know, my my concern with McDowell is, um, yeah, he's he's a strong guy, and, and it's it's exciting to watch him penetrate. But um, he hasn't played football in five years, and it's going to take him a while to figure out what he's supposed to do. You know, besides just knocking guys over. I mean, and that play you mentioned where he pushed the center back seven yards, I, I think you know the running back blew past him for about eighteen. So, um, you know. We have to temper our enthusiasm a little bit about Malik McDowell. I have no doubt that, if, that they'll figure out a way to work him in um, and yes. pick their spots with him. I think, um, third, I think thirds is going to be his um, bread and butter, third downs. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think, you know, there's a, there's a spot for Billings um, on the early running downs, you know, just sort of taking, taking up that space. Um, yes. But, yeah, he better, he better get in shape pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. Look, I mean, Billings yeah. did. Oh, sorry, not Billings. Malik did um, not shed the block and whatever. And maybe he got so focused on and having so much fun driving him back, <laughs> he, right. forgot, he, forgot, he forgot to shed the block and aim for the running back. But I've also seen him right. stick the arms up. And, and again, this comes back to the Tampa Bay defense in the Super Bowl. Don't blitz, mm-hmm. almost like a Calais Campbell type role, stiff arm the center of the chest of your tackle or your guard and just put that other big meat hook up and wave it around like a screen. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It, yeah. It, 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 it confuses a quarterback on where he's exactly going to put it. He knows roughly in his head, the seconds, but if he looks up and sees, you know, a triple XL, uh, 11 inch hand swinging in front of him, he ain't going to throw it. Cause that, ball, <laughs> that, that ball's going to be wrapped up like a Christmas gift, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, anyway, but we can keep our fingers crossed on that. Yeah, so um, so David, I was listening to what you're talking about as far as not blitzing Mahomes. Okay, obviously, if Miles or, or Clowney can get to him and, and sack him, they're going to do it. Okay, oh, yeah, we know this. Okay, but yes. based on this and and the three, you know, the three young offensive linemen that that the uh, that Casey is starting. What do you think the Browns do more often in this game? Do you, do you think they uh, do you think they go f- with five defensive linemen to try to keep Kelsey in? Um, you know, this, and, and put put Tack out there as a fifth guy. You know, or 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 whoever else. You know, however they want to play it. You know, do you think they they go, you know, five five two, um, you know, five two four, or do you think I, they I, go I, more, I you know, four I three? I reckon they could even go five one five. Well, they could do that too. I mean, if, if you're keeping Kelsey in. Yeah, so the thought process being, I've heard Nathan talking about this NASCAR package, which I think a lot of it sounds like it's more goal line or, sh- or red zone type D, but I don't see why in a situation like what we're talking about, you couldn't use it in more of an open field in a sense of exactly what you were saying. Use Tack. He's fast. He's mobile. And... Both him and Miles have the potential and the skill set to be able to drop back. We've seen Miles drop back in coverage, you know, oh, yeah. sort of as, as, a, as a almost a, 
almost as a, as a linebacker. Almost. They can cover like linebackers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, read the play, set up your five, have your, have your five DBs, because remember, you've got your guys that are, that are you know, they are cold-blooded killers. You're, you're Ronnie and, you're, and if JOK comes in and John Johnson, they've got that ability to hit hard, but they cover such great ground and have such fantastic vision. And by the sounds of it, they're all communicating really well from all the press conferences I've been hearing from the players. They're loving the fact that everyone on the field is talking to one another, but they've got one voice, and that's and that's Walker. And then, then mm-hmm. it's JJ. You know what I mean? So there seems to be a, a, a hierarchy without being a hierarchy. They're going, right, he's the, he's the middle linebacker. He's calling the plays. JJ's the centre fielder. He's backing up Walker on what he's seeing, or if he sees something different, he calls it, and Walker has the trust in him to then roll with the secondary call. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, it seems to be they're really feeding off one another, and they're really doing that. So I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. Maybe they go a, a five two four, a, a five one five. I'm excited. I, I mean, I, I, we spoke about this last year when I when we when we first chatted that you know I'm a, I'm a former middle linebacker and outside linebacker. I love defense. I love watching them work i love how they do their stuff so that stuff really gets me as you can probably tell by my voice gets very excited about what we can do <laughs> and, the, and the players like you said that we've drafted are actually players that you want to keep you haven't just grabbed them off the street and gone oi you're big enough put a suit on let's go you know <laughs> yeah yeah uh, jeff what, I'm, i want to get your thoughts on this too as far as uh, kind of um what sets you you think we'll see kind of what will be dominant for the Browns defense during this game? It's really exciting. It's exciting to think about the possibilities. Um, you know, we've been talking all preseason about guys. I guess the only thing I'm, I'm a little leery of is that I don't know that, you know, week one against the defending AFC champs is the time to, you know, have the coming out party. Um, no, agree. I, I think, you know, Joe yeah. Woods is, is, is kind of a close to the vest guy. And I wouldn't be real surprised if, if we saw some pretty vanilla stuff against the chiefs. Um, and then we start to see some of that stuff, um, show up against the Texans and the bears. And it might take, you know, four to six weeks for us to really see all these exotic things that, that we're looking forward to seeing. And, you know, assuming everybody stays healthy and, and gets incorporated into the plan, um, you know, we might be looking at, um, you know, week five or six where, you know, this defense really starts to come into its own. Now it would be great if, you know, they all showed up against the chiefs, but that's just a little, little soon for, for that expectation. Yeah, okay, I think I, I think you could be right. And, uh, I I kind of wanted to get uh, thoughts from you guys on to how much playing time you think we'll see from a few guys. Okay, um, the first the first guy is a guy everybody's excited about, and that's JOK. Um, I think he could play a big role in this, either in I think in in guarding Travis, you know, in covering Travis Kelsey. Or in, you know, whether he's dropping in coverage for somebody else or, or whether he's, you know, a, a fifth or sixth guy trying to blitz or, or spy Mahomes, you know, he could do a lot of things. But do you really think he's going to 
be on the field for you know for most of the plays in his first game as a rookie. Um, so so let let me get your thoughts on him first, and then I'll, I want to throw a couple other guys out. So what do you think about JOK, um, David? I, I think JOK has been been good. Um, he's made rookie mistakes, and that's fine. But the first thing he looks for is his mistakes and how to better them. He has been named behind 51, though. So how much do we see him? I would say sparingly. I mean, it's a little bit of that, like Jeff has 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 calmed my enthusiasm and excitement with his common sense of, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. A wet blanket. No, 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 not at all, mate. No, 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 definitely not a wet blanket, mate, because I know from hearing the other pods that you you are as excited as I am. I just haven't – you've had more of a chance to vent them. I haven't. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of like, it's kind of like I'm, I'm just suffering from verbal diarrhoea, so I'm sorry, I apologise profusely <laughs> for that. Um, um, I think he'll he, be played sparingly to, to just get his toes wet. Um, you might see – you're right, right, Rod. He, you might see a bit of that sort of uh, Minka Fitzpatrick-type robber-type role. Uh, spying uh-huh. in on, spying in on 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 uh, on Patrick and um, and then possibly picking um, Kelsey up, you know, on on a on the on the on the slants or or the little inside routes or even little sort of fades or whatever he's going to do. Um, but I don't think you'll see a lot unless, like you said, the injury bug takes hold. I, I, I think sparingly would be my 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 final thought on it. Yeah. So, Jeff, you think it'll be more than sparingly? Well, I kind of hope it is again, but um, I think David's probably right. It's going to be situational. You know, uh, they're going to have packages for him. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know Mac Wilson being the experienced steady hand, and he's you know he's he's been okay. You know, in in preseason, so. Um, you know, they're looking for guys to not make mistakes in the early going. Um, but yeah, you, you got to find a role for JOK and I, I, I think they will. Um, and then again, as the, as the defense evolves and really finds its identity, um, he's going to play a lot. It's just a mm-hmm. question of when. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. So, um, before I bring up another guy, let me put it this way. When, um, we know who the who the who the uh, first uh, four DBs are, obviously. So when the Browns go to a to a five or you know a fifth DB, I guess it's going to be. Well, I mean, I, I guess uh, I guess Troy Hill is going to be the guy um, more than likely um, over uh, over Greedy. I would think. Um, I guess I I guess that's probably a good question for you guys. Um, do you think we'll see? A mixture of who that fifth guy is coming off the bench. Or you think Troy Hill's uh, number five? Pretty much any time they go to five DBs. Do you think we'll see Grant Delpit out there a little bit? Do you think we'll see Greedy out there a little bit? Do you think we'll see Troy Hill out there a little bit? Um, what do you think, Jeff? You know, I was so, talking to somebody go. about this over the weekend. Um, you know, who's going to be playing back there? And is it, you know, is it going to be Greedy Williams or going to be Greg Newsom? And I said, you know what? I think the guy we're going to see a ton of is Troy Hill. Um, if you think about how Money Mitch played last year, and he was really brought in to be our 
slot corner. Uh, but he started almost every game um, on the outside um, mm-hmm. with with the you know with the injuries and you know just the way things work um, with with NFL cornerbacks. Um, I really expect to see Troy Hill playing a ton. Um, if if he comes in only as a situational slot corner. Um, that means that all these other guys have exceeded my expectations and that would be a a terrific thing. Okay. Um, but I think, you know, he's, he's really the glue that's going to be holding this together for us. Um, because there's so many questions around all those other guys. So you think we'll see him over Newsom at playing outside or not? You know, it just depends. Uh, but yeah, I could, I could definitely see that at times. They've, they've actually been working with Newsom to, Newsom to play him at the slot as well. So, you know, you can see these guys moving around. Well, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I mean, yeah, cross-train these guys, getting them ready to play different positions because, man. Well, where are they most effective in, in depending on who they are lining up against? Right, right. So, David, what are your thoughts on the the fifth man and and who you think is going to see the most action out of these corners and 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 uh, you know maybe even a maybe even an extra safety? Yeah, well, I got I got uh, a message this morning from the latest depth chart saying that Newsom's over over greedy. So you're right. probably you're probably looking at, and I tend to agree. I think you're going to see Hill. You need that old head. Yeah. You know, you've got Hill, Johnson, and Walker, sort of those three old heads. They've seen a lot of football. They know a lot of things. Obviously, Walker has played KC a lot, and probably so has, has Johnson and, and um, Hill in the years gone by um, when they were playing those games in their rotation when they were with LA, you know, with the AFC, NFC uh, flick around. And positional changes, you know, when you finish one, you get the one draw, two, you get the two draw. LA Rams were obviously finishing high up, so they quite often probably played KC often enough. So I think, yeah, I think mm-hmm. um, Denzel, Newsom, Hill, Johnson, and then bringing in, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. You, know, you got Greedy, and it is, yeah, I'm just looking at their, their wide receivers. You know, you, you know Tyreek Hill. He's going to tear the top off it. McCall Hardman, uh, Pringle, Fountain, and Robson. Uh, yeah, I, uh, good question. Um, I think you're going to have to see them all. We need to see what Delpit can do. Um, you know, can he also play that that sort of spy robber type role as your as your fifth man? Yeah. It'll be interesting. I honestly don't know. Yeah. Now I'm looking at all these names. You go, ah, play them all. Put them all on. They're great. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I expect to see them all play for sure. Yes. I, th- I think they'll all play a little bit. I, I don't expect to see a lot of Delpit just because he's, you know, he's probably the guy who's they've kind of nursed along the most. But I think right. they're going to want to get him at least a few snaps out there, you yeah. know, just to kind of get his feet wet. Has anyone found out what Hill's unspecified injury was? Hill's? I have no idea. 
No, okay. Because no. he was out for a few days, um, not training, but he was off to the side apparently. And I haven't been able to find anything. I don't know. I haven't. I just, I just heard it over. And I can't even remember where. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed that he's AOK and ready to go. I mean, they, they yep. sure made it sound like everybody was healthy today. So hopefully that's the case. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just have to like the the versatility of this Browns team. Um, you've got so many guys and and they're they're deep at different spots and then you got um jok who they can put in pretty much anywhere to do anything um Mm -hmm. and it's going to be fun go ahead david i was gonna say i love a swiss army knife so both delpit and jok can do that sort of floating linebacker strong safety blitzing covering it just makes me so happy oh my goodness (laughs) yeah well that's the thing we we've uh you know we've seen enough of jok now to to be really excited and to know um grant delpit man we're we're still going off of what we saw out of him in college because we haven't seen him play no that's right we have no idea yeah and we know he's coming back from this a serious injury so we're like okay we want to make sure he's okay okay don't push him too fast no because i mean i want this guy healthy for the season you know absolutely for me it'd be okay if he didn't play the first few weeks if he needs those weeks to make sure he's perfectly healthy no Um, i don't know if that's the case or not um you know maybe he's fine now but, uh, you know, I, I just I want him to stay healthy and I want him out there when he's ready. And I just I want to see what the guy can do. But there's no reason to force him out there because this team is just so strong at, I mean, at all these different spots. But, I mean, the Browns really, they don't need him out there at safety right now. <laughs> they no, just no, they don't. No. But I think it's like a, like all of us, we've drafted him. We've seen the game tape from. LSU days and we just we just want we want our toys we want to play with our toys now give them (laughs) yeah uh, the Achilles I was going to say with the Achilles injury sorry um obviously there's been a few of them in the last couple of weeks right across the league but I I look at it too here from an Australian rules football type scenario because he he is playing a position that is almost like an AFL an Aussie rules player insofar as it's it's almost a 360-degree position that he plays when he's playing either safety or, or um, sort of that floating linebacker safety corner-type role. And I've seen a number of guys come back too soon in Aussie rules from Achilles injuries and end up with other issues. So maybe that's exactly like you're saying, mate. They're, they're playing it softly, softly, gently, gently, because even though he's young, fit and healthy, it doesn't mean that he won't have – ongoing issues or potential issues from that Achilles injury. So I, I agree that they're probably playing it very, very safe, safely for that reason and probably amongst a few others. And that's exactly will, what I want. Go ahead, It Jeff. will be interesting, Rod, to see who the two guys are that they activate off the practice squad. I think that will be very telling for where they think some of these guys are. You know, if we the, see Javante Two guys Moffitt, or three? Is it two or three? I think I think it's two this year, but I could be wrong on that. Okay, I was thinking. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay, but I mean, for me, if 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 Javante Moffat 
is activated, that tells me that we're going to see Grant Delpit sparingly. You know, he's mm-hmm. really not ready to go 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah there, there's a couple of places where we're thin, you know. Um, you know they, they brought in Joe Jackson at defensive end. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Port Augustine active. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll see. I, I would think that, uh, yeah, another guy likely would probably be Jordan Franks, you know, if they if they want a blocking tight end active, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Well, and, and the two that the two the top of tail that you two have mentioned, Moffat and, and Franks, they're both special teamers as well. Jackson's not. Right. So you know, mm-hmm. we're probably a little thin in special teams, and I know Jarvis absolutely. You know, as we say here, frost at the chops to play special teams. He just loves the contact and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I do not want that man anywhere near a special teams. Please stay healthy, Jarvis. We just want exactly Jarvis right. Healthy. Exactly right. Um, <laughs> I, I'm on the I'm on the bandwagon of let's not get rid of Jarvis. Um, <laughs> there are certain circles that don't like him for whatever particular reason. I love the man. I think he has got. I mean, we've spent this entire pod fantastically talking about a wonderful defense we've barely even made mention of the o which just shows you how exciting we are excited we are to have a great defense or the potentially great defense that we haven't had for a number of years um but yeah i don't want juice anywhere near special teams i don't want obj anywhere near special teams i don't you know i don't think najoku or austin would ever go anywhere near them either. I don't think they're really cut out for it. Um, but I think Franks could do quite well because he can pick up where Stiff Arm Steve left off. Moffat clearly can. <laughs> and <laughs> thankfully, we won't be activating Robert Jackson. Who? Sorry, Miss Jackson. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you so you mentioned the the offense. So, um, so let's talk about a couple guys there. And um, I was just going to mention because um, – uh, you talked about the special teams. Um, Demetric Felton, I think. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Um, is he? He's listed as the punt returner or the kickoff returner. You guys know kickoff offhand. Man. And, and uh, DPJ is listed as the other return man. Yes. Um, so one on kickoffs, one on punts. Um, Sorry, DPJ. You're right. Sorry, DPJ on kickoffs. Um, kickoffs and Felton on punts. Felton's on punts, yeah. I'm pretty sure okay. that's right. Okay, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't remember which was which because uh, I looked at it a while ago. Uh, what's a, what do you guys expect out of Felton? you think he's going to get many touches in the, in the first week? Probably I mean, not I week one. I expect him in the slot, right, You know, if he's going yeah. to play. I, I, I don't expect lots in week one, but maybe – you know, what Jeff was alluding to uh, earlier or made mention of earlier in our later games where we start to see the defence potentially click and that's because they're against lower-caliber sides. Perhaps you'll see blokes like Felton injected into the game in that give him a chance to uh, get into open field, to build his confidence, to gain his footing, to work out what he can and can't do on the field with a lesser quality opponent as opposed to KC, who which has a pretty damn good defense. You don't want him going yeah. across the middle and getting cleaned up in week one. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I'll just, um, re- re- 
I'll just Sorry. remind you of um, last year when we gave a, a pretty big role to a rookie named Harrison Bryant, and he put the ball on the ground a couple of times. Um, yep. I think early on, guys like Felton and Schwartz are going to be observers. Uh, they may get a, a cameo appearance, you know, a few plays, but, um, you know, there's there, the expectations are too high this season to put a lot of pressure on rookies. Um, so, you know, yeah, maybe as the season goes on, we start to see these guys get worked in depending on, you know, um, player availability. But um, early on, I, I don't expect to see them much. No. Do you agree on, on Schwartz, David? Yeah, Early. yeah, I think I think I think you're right. I think Schwartz and, and what made me nervous about him was over the last couple of weeks, a sprinter having a hamstring injury. You go, yeah. oh, that makes me a bit nervous. And it also, you know, the soft tissue injury so early into the season, you start going, oh, now, you know, if it had been week, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, you go, right, well, that's rookie fatigue. You understand it. You know what I mean? Whereas mm-hmm. yeah. week two, he's obviously been working too hard. He's obviously got a tight back. He's probably put on a bit of weight for bulk. His body's not used to it. You know, the, the paramedic in me always comes out somewhere whenever I hear these injuries and also having a, a background with a bit of sports uh, sports medicine type stuff, you go hamstrings. Hamstrings aren't just hamstrings. Hamstrings are quite often back-related. So is he, you know, has he changed something in his running style? Has he changed his shoe? Like I said, has he put on bulk on his upper torso to take those hits from seasoned veterans like JJ and the like who could – essentially fold him up like a tin can after you've drunk it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and put him in the recycling bin because he's a little fella you know so yeah he's not there, very not very big is yeah. there something there but i can also see him in week one them going oh 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 hitting hitting obj for a 50 yarder you know what i mean like it's it's got the potential Oh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see a couple of those gadget plays. just depends on who they run them with. Yep. Stefanski yep. loves those things. Yeah, I, yeah, I was thinking about that, too, of, of maybe they don't throw to shorts a lot, but if he's healthy, the maybe decoy. we see him out there, you know, just, just going out there and just flying down the field and just Kansas City's like, decoy. oh, my gosh, just, yes. just, just you, you just see three DBs just flying down there to try to catch him and it just opens the field up correct yes you know if they're, they're, they're putting their robber on him and then all of a sudden the, the free safety drifts across there's two gone there's a massive hole in the middle of the field yeah and suddenly uh you know it, you know somebody like uh, jarvis or, or hooper or somebody's just open for okay. like you know yep. an easy 20 yard gain absolutely I've, I've had these plans in my head i'm sure the guys are far better at that than I am, but I'm just going, oh, if, if only I had Madden, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so we I'm could drop a play on Madden, but yeah, I think uh, I think Stefanski and those guys can do a little bit oh, better yeah. job than us. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I, look, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little victory lap. I picked um, Demetric Felton to make the 53 um, about a, two weeks after he was drafted. I heard all the interviews and everything like that, and I went, this kid. They like him. He's, what is he, sixth or seventh rounder. He comes with pretty good credentials. And I was talking to one of the guys here. They do a lot of fantasy football uh, podcasts here in Australia, the Aussie guys. 
um, uh, I said to them, because they were saying dark horses post-draft from each team, and I said, Dimitri Felton, Dimitri Felton, Dimitri Felton, and I go, I'll be surprised if Dwayne Haskins isn't um, the Steelers' QB by week six. So there's my two, mm. there's my two uh, things. A victory lap because I, I just loved the sound of him. I loved. I went back and had a look at a bit of game tape on on Felton. I went, oh yeah, okay, I can see what they're doing here. Um, and I just went, I'm taking a victory lap, boys. So that's it. That's my victory lap with my coffee. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yep. So that's that's uh, yeah. I think you'll see a little bit of a little bit of uh, gadgetry from Felton as well as Schwartz, but maybe not too much. Yeah, I think it'll it'll grow as the season you know goes on goes on. So uh, all right, guys, I want to do one thing, and then, then we're gonna. I know you already gave a score, David, but I want to I want to do one thing here, and then we'll give our scores for the game uh, score predictions. I want to give I want I want us all to give um, record predictions for the AFC um, for the AFC North. I almost said the AFC Central. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> There's a blast from the past. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so David, I'll let you go first. Give me give me records for the four teams for the AFC North of how you think it might shake out this season. Uh. As much as it pains me to say it, I think the Ratbirds will probably get the title. I think they'll probably do it 13-4. I think we'll get two with a wild card spot. Um, 12-5. Okay. And I wouldn't be surprised to see... Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, in all seriousness, go eight, eight, and one. Both and, of them, and, and the tie will be against each other. <laughs> I, I I don't know why. I, <laughs> it, I can just okay. see, and and it would just be glorious. It would be it would be yeah. a glorious day. Um, I, I I just think um. There'll be some close game that Baltimore gets the rub of the green and we may not. And I'm not being a defeatist and I'm not saying that, you know, whatever, you know, but I'm just saying that that's just my vibe. It's just how I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. Um, even with all the injuries to the Ratbirds so far and their O-line is a little bit questionable um i still think they've just got enough there with lamar and their defense possibly to just just get them over that um but yeah that's that's for me yeah that's where i'm at okay what do you have jeff um i think cincinnati is going to be seven and ten which will be a big step up for them and i think they're going to be a good team in the coming years Okay. Uh, they just need a few more pieces to to complement Joe Burrow. Um, Pittsburgh is going the other direction, but you know Ben is still around and they still have the magic. So I think they're going to be a game better than Cincinnati at eight and nine. Um, Baltimore is going to find a way to win eleven games. 
and the Browns are going to win 12, and we're going to win the Central this year. Or the North, excuse me. North. <laughs> I made the same mistake. I should have said Central. That's, that's on me. That's on me. All right. Yes, we're going to win the North this year. I'm not far from you guys. I got, I've got, I'm just, uh, I'm flipped from David. I got the Browns at 13 and four, the Ravens at 12 and five. Uh, I put the Steelers at nine and eight. They just seem to find a way to always come out above 500. So, um, so I got them at nine and eight. I don't know. I put the Bengals at five and 12, but I I agree with you. I think they're going to get better, but you know, I just, uh, I think they're still a year away from you know from really improving a lot so um not that i think they're that bad but um but yeah i i I could see them maybe next season you know being up around 500 or better so we all have the order of finish essentially the same pretty much yeah yeah um yeah david yeah i mean um, david has uh the ravens finishing first but i mean we all have the the browns and the ravens within a game of each other Yep. So, so yeah. And like definitely. I said, it only takes it only takes it only takes one play, and I, and and I always use that that opening snap um, against Pittsburgh as it that that's sort of like a defining moment, even though it was in yep. the opening forty seconds of the game. But you just need something like that to go awry, and you can get a W. You know what I mean? But the games are yep. so close now in in all outside of the South because the AFC South is just a dumpster yeah. fire. Um, but the 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 good teams in good divisions are that so close across all the all the divisions. It is that one play, an interception, a dropped catch, a missed field goal. We're literally at that point now, which makes the games so good to watch as us as fans, not only of the Browns but of the entire game. Yep. It's not like an Alabama, Miami. Yeah. Well, it's what the NFL wants. <laughs> they want <laughs> games like that. So. Don't so worry, what, I've got the same issue with the AFL here in Australia. They 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 want to make the games close, but they also want them exciting. But you know, it's <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, what was your score prediction, David? Uh, I've got it 27-24 KC with home field advantage by three. Okay. Yeah. It pains me to say it, but that's where I'm at. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's going to be a little higher scoring. Um, I think KC probably scores four touchdowns in a field goal and wins it 31-27. Um, we score four touchdowns. We mix, miss an extra point along the way, and we miss a field goal along the way. Um, and and Chase McLaughlin is is the the sacrificial lamb. Yeah, the guy being burned in effigy by Browns fans, and and we're yep. looking for a kicker on on Monday morning. That's why I said uh, Zane Zane Gonzalez because I just pictured the the game in New Orleans that time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. so we, I think we lose by four, and it's it's missed kicks. Okay, anybody who listens to this podcast knows that I do not pick against the Browns. Okay, so, uh, so, <laughs> but, 
I have the Browns. I am I am switching up David's score. I have the Browns winning twenty seven to twenty four. They make the kick to win the game, and they squeak under the fifty two and a half over under, and they get that first win. And I just I think it's going to be. I think I mean we all have it being a tight game, so I think it's going to be a fun game to watch, guys. Um, it's going to go into the fourth quarter. It's going to be tight and. I just, you know, hopefully the Browns can pull it out. It's 3 a.m. Yep. for me. I think it is. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm getting up about, around about 3 a.m. to watch that. From 3 a.m.? Oh, yep. That hurts. Yeah, so, yep. uh, so, David, any closing words for us? Mate, I just want to say thanks for having me back. Um, I love the show that you guys do. Um, I love the guests that you get on, except for that loud bloke from Australia. He's a bit of a loose cannon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just really appreciate it, mate. And keep up the great work. Um, and and as much as I want the Brownies to win, um, it'd be love, I'd love it for you to be able to take a victory lap, mate, on, uh, on Monday morning. And I would have triple shots again out of the victory mug saying, it's all to Rod. It was he who wished them over the line. <laughs> Right. <laughs> as long as they win, I, yeah, I don't need any credit. <laughs> I can tell you that. Well, we appreciate you, David. It's been great talking to you. Um, Jeff, any any closing words for us? No, I, I hope you're right, Rod. Um, and David and I are both wrong. Um, you know, the great thing, like you guys alluded to earlier, is even if we do come up short in this first game, it's, you know, it's not – you know, this game is everything. There's there's a there's a great chance that that we don't lose many more games after this one. Um, so, hey, let's 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 watch it, have fun, and go Browns. Absolutely. This has been the Browns Blitz. Thanks for listening. Go Browns, and we will catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>